What's up, guys? Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, March 12th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karcheski. Back to the normal schedule due to uh, school being back. Spring break is over for Ashland University, so it's just going to be me for the next couple of shows uh, trying to break down all of this crazy NFL free agency news. And I'm recording this right now at 6 a.m., on March uh, 12th, when you're listening to this, Tuesday, March 12th, and free agency is just going insane right now. We've reached sort of a period of a grace period, I guess you could say, a peace period where not much has happened in the last couple hours because, you know, people need to sleep. Uh, but I fully expect within the next couple hours for it to pick back up. So I'm going to bet that I'm going to miss out on some big news. But again, we'll be here on Thursday to help break that all down again. What we're going to do, though, is I'm going to try to get through all of these free agents and every you know big free agent that was signed because, uh, well, it wasn't signed yet. Uh, as you know, yesterday began the legal tampering period where NFL teams were allowed to negotiate legally, I put legally in quotation marks, um, with free agents. Now, Wednesday becomes the time where they're actually allowed to actually sign them uh, on the dotted line and they're allowed to make it official, but... This is one of those days where, you know, Adam Scheffler, Ian Rapports of the world really make their money because this is the day where all the hot takes are going to come out quickly and it's about who can get it the fastest, who wins this. And Adam Scheffler so far has been killing Rapaport and how quickly he's been updating uh, the world about all of this free agency news and trades and a bunch of stuff. So we're going to start where we left off. Um, we'll start with. The free agencies, we're going to do Antonio Brown here in a little bit. We're going to do it after all these free agents. But we'll start with the story we missed um, after Thursday's show, and that was Case Keenum was traded to the Redskins, uh, I believe, for a couple picks, seventh-round pick and a sixth-round pick um, for the quarterback. Case Keenum's now going to be the starter there. Presumably in Washington for at least the home opener uh, in the first couple of games, unless they draft somebody. If not, he's going to be the start of the whole season. Uh, and for the next couple of years, I guess you could say, because we don't know where Alex Smith is at. Alex Smith, uh, no one expects him to play this year. He's not going to at all uh, due to that gruesome injury he suffered last season. So Case Keenum is going to be the guy now. And Case Keenum is Alex Smith. Uh, a crappier version of Alex Smith is who Case Keenum is. Uh, Keenum last year, you know, he, he had a bunch of success with the Vikings, went to the Broncos, and was mediocre. He wasn't that great, and he actually didn't—he didn't have that many weapons around him. He had a you know great running back, Philip Lindsley, and going to the Redskins, they don't have much weapons on the outside for. Uh, Keenum to work to or for their quarterbacks to work with. You know, they saw it last year and they got rid of Jamison Crowder. He's gone. He signed with the Jets. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So there's not much there in terms of weapons for Case Keenum. So I don't expect them to be that great this year. I don't think anybody expected the Redskins to be that great this year. But, you know, they have their quarterback now. They don't have to worry about, you know, Josh Johnson, Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, these type of people. They can go with a proven NFL starter in Case Keenum. So it's a good move for them. And then, obviously, uh, the Broncos were worried about what they were going to do with Joe Flacco and if they draft the quarterback. Now they don't have to worry about that because now they got Case Keenum out of there. So the quarterback room is Joe Flacco. Uh, he's presumably going to be the starter in week one. And if they do, they do decide to draft a quarterback – 
Um, you know, he'll be the second backup right behind uh, Joe Flacco. So next thing that happened was on Friday, Olivier Vernon was traded to the Browns for uh, Kevin Zeitler. They also swapped a couple picks in the mid-rounds. Nothing huge, nothing notable to talk about. Uh, we'll start with the Brown side. Getting Olivier Vernon, Olivier, he's got a weird first name. All right, Olivier Vernon from the Giants was huge. Uh, if you remember, Olivier Vernon came from the Dolphins, signed a big deal in free agency with the Giants, and was everything they could have hoped he has he would have been the last couple of years. He made the Pro Bowl last year, I believe, um, and he's just... He's a sack specialist. That's that's really all he does, but he can also help you out in the run game. Olivier Vernon is a great pickup for the Browns because you pair him with Miles Garrett. That makes it one of the best young pass rushing duos in the league. Uh, I'm not really sure how old Olivier. He's only 28 years old. So again, he's young, two under 30. Uh, Miles Garrett. I mean, he's in. His, he's going into his third year now. Uh, that is going to be a fantastic pass rush for the Browns. And then you add, you know, behind that, you know, Ogba and a couple other guys who could also rush the passer decently. That is going to be a scary defensive front for teams to face. Now you look at the Giants. Giants got Zeitler. Zeitler, again, came from Cincinnati, signed a huge deal with the Browns. Browns fans were pumped about that. Highest paid guard in football when he signed. Uh, he's going to help to shore up that offensive line the last couple of years, and he's done that. He's done his job. Now, he hasn't made any Pro Bowls or any All-Pros or anything like that, but he's just been a consistent force along that offensive line for the Browns. Uh, but the Browns no longer needed him. They don't really want to pay him that much anymore, With and they have Austin Corbett behind him to help them uh, you know, shore up that guard spot. If you remember, Austin Corbett was my sleeper last year with offensive linemen. Again, I'm right. But Austin Corbett's going to be that starter there for the next couple of years. And Zeitler going to the Giants just shores up that offensive line. They can now pair Zeitler with Will Hernandez, make it a pretty good 1-2 guard combo. Uh, then Nate Solder on the outside. The Giants offensive line sort of coming together, and that's what you need when you have a rookie quarterback possibly coming in and Dwayne Haskins or whoever else they pick. So it's a good... Uh, deal for both camps. I think both camps won this deal, uh, getting two good players. I think both teams would have liked to have kept, you know, Zeitler or Olivier Vernon, but with the cap space and all that and different needs, uh, teams sort of value players differently this time of year when they start to look at their roster. So good move for both camps uh, and both players. They'll both get a chance to start there. And then you go to Arizona. They traded for Marcus Gilbert, uh, the tackle from the Steelers the last couple of years. Hold on, let me get the details of that. Uh, Six-round pick for Marcus Gilbert. So Gilbert's only 30. He's 31 years old, and he's been he's been a starter since 2011. That's when he was drafted. He's been a sure force on that Steelers offensive line uh, the last couple of years. I believe he's been the right tackle. Um and he has been a consistent force, like I said, along the offensive line. And I've heard people say that last year watching the Cardinals tape, the Cardinals offensive line was the worst offensive line they've ever seen uh, in terms of you know all five. So they need as much talent as they can get. And now they have a veteran starting right tackle, somebody who's going to come in there. You pl just got to plug him in. He's going to start for you all 16 games for the next couple of years. 
And during that tenure of him, he'll be able to uh, develop guys, help the younger guys out, because they are going to be drafting offensive linemen in this draft. Uh, you can almost bet that. And if you go out there and you get Kyler Murray, you don't want your, your franchise quarterback, your number one overall pick, to have to worry about playing behind a shitty offensive line like the Cardinals' offensive line. So this is a good pickup for them. The Steelers, they are going to... Uh, Go a little bit younger on their offensive line. They got a pick out of this. You know, it's not a high pick, um, but the Steelers. You know, it's a good deal for them getting rid of somebody uh, who's a little bit older. Uh, you know, on that offensive line, and you know, they got they got some other names in there that they can start. Uh, then we'll go to Michael Bennett. He got cut by the Eagles, and he signed with the Patriots. Um, or actually traded with the Patriots. It's I don't know the draft picks. It was some draft picks. Uh, so he's 33 years old, and he had uh, one of the best stints you could ever have as a defensive lineman in Seattle. And then he signed, and they got cut because he had some problems there. And he signed a deal with the Eagles. A little bit of of a downturn in terms of production this year. Hopefully he can bounce back. Like I said, he's had a lot of issues off and on the field. A lot of fans don't like him. Me personally, I'm not a fan of either of the Bennett brothers, uh, both for different reasons, but I just don't think they're that great of people. I think they are, you know, a little bit big-headed, a little bit arrogant. But again, the Patriots seem to do a great job of kind of quelling this behavior. And, you know, they lost Trey Flowers, so this is a good addition for them. Uh, to kind of fix that. And, you know, like I said, the Patriots, everybody knows this, they get the best out of their guys, no matter where they go, no matter what stage of the career, of their of your career that you are in. If you go to the Patriots, they're going to get as much production out of you as there is left in the tank. They're going to scrape out every single uh, piece of production that you have left in the tank, and they're going to use it. Uh, so small shoulder pads goes to the Patriots, um, next thing, the Rams, they signed Eric Weddle. Two years, $10.5 million. He's only 34, actually, but he's been in the league for a couple years, it feels like. Because he, everywhere he goes, he just produces. He had three Pro Bowl seasons with the Baltimore Ravens. Again, last year he made the Pro Bowl. He has been one of the best safeties of the last 10 years. And... A lot of people don't even know who he is because he just produces wherever he goes. He shores up that back end, and all he does is play uh, to the highest level that he can. And this is going to replace LaMarcus Joyner, uh, who signed with the um, the, Ra the Raiders, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but it's just a good signing for them. This is his 13th season now in the NFL, and he just continues to perform no matter where he goes. Uh, you know, the cap hit was a little bit too much for the Ravens. I'm sure they would have loved to have kept him. Uh, but he just is a great guy. He is a great pick pickup, and uh, the Rams are sure going to love this. Um, and I'm surprised that the NFL teams are letting, get, they're letting, letting the Rams do this because Eric Weddle is fantastic, and I love Eric Weddle. I love the way he plays uh, really fast, really quick. You kind of know him because he, he has that long-ass beard, and he doesn't wear gloves, which is weird because most NFL guys nowadays wear gloves. Those are the only two things I really um, that's really stick out in my mind about him. Yeah, he's a fantastic safety, but he's got the long beard and he doesn't wear gloves, which is weird in today's NFL. Next thing, Carlos Hyde signed with the Chiefs, one year, three million dollars. 
One of the weirdest storylines in the NFL last year that is not talked about. Uh, the Browns traded Hyde to the Chiefs last year, um, I believe for like a third-round pick or something, but something decent in, in a return, and he didn't get any carries in Jacksonville. I'm not sure if when he got there they realized he wasn't part of their game plan. I'm not sure if their offensive coordinator, Hackett, was released, uh, was fired, um, before or after he got there, maybe that had something to do with it, but he never really got any sort of production um, or carries out of Jacksonville in their offense. Um, it was sort of a mess last year in Jacksonville, and you know maybe that's part of it, but he just, like I said, he only had 58 carries his entire time in Jacksonville. It was a couple games, but still, when you trade for a running back like Carlos Hyde, who is a solid uh, plug-and-play Running back, it's weird that you don't give him that many carries. But now the Chiefs are going to be able to pair him with Damian Williams, still trying to recover from getting rid of Kareem Hunt. And Damian Williams did a great job of that. But now they're going to have an experienced running back like uh, Carlos Hyde, who's just going to come in there, like I said, plug-and-play guy, and just give you all the production that he can give you. We'll start going through these a little bit faster because I'm going to talk about as much of these as I can. Uh, but there are a lot of them. Free agents. Dante Fowler Jr. Jr. signed with the Rams again, re-upped with them one year. I believe it was a it was a bunch of money. I think it was like $14 million with them. He's still only 24 years old, which is surprising. First round pick a couple years ago, the Jaguars. Never really got that much production out of him. He was decent, not great. But Wade Phillips last year, his ability to use uh, Dante Fowler in different situations made him a better player overall and it was a great pickup by the Rams at the deadline and now he's going to be there for another year which I think is going to help his defense even more. Wade Phillips knows how to use Dante Fowler and I think uh, staying in a system where Wade Phillips is your coordinator is going to be only beneficial for a guy like Dante Fowler so it's a good deal for him uh, and then the Rams obviously you know Dante Fowler is a first round draft pick uh, he's got a lot of talent. I think his I think his best years of football are ahead of him. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot more out of Dante Fowler than what we've seen. Getting a full year, a full training camp, a full you know off season with Wade Phillips in that system is just going to help him. And you know Wade Phillips now has a couple months to figure out how to scheme a player like Dante Fowler up. So it's a good sign for all of them. Danny Amendola signed with the Lions, one year, four point five million dollars. Interesting. Uh, concept to go from Miami to Detroit uh, but uh, you know you go where you're going to get paid the Patriots did have some interest in bringing him back but again maybe the Lions outbid him one year 4.5 million dollars this is kind of I guess you could say a prove it deal for Danny uh, he's 33 a little bit older than most receivers on the market but this is a deal where um, he can prove if he can still play in this league. You know, he didn't have that great of a year last year with the Dolphins after signing a pretty decent uh, free agent deal with them in the offseason after a great, you know, tenure with the Patriots. Danny Amendola has been one of these guys who I think has been overlooked his entire career. I think he is a very good wide receiver, very solid weapon uh, for Matt Stafford now. And I think teams tend to overlook him. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does in Detroit. Uh, he's going to have a new home now. You know, he's familiar with Matt Patricia, so I think that's part of it. You saw a lot of it today, Matt Patricia, or yesterday, sorry, uh, signing a lot of his former players. Uh, 
I think he's trying to build sort of a New England in the NFC, which hasn't worked as other teams have tried that, but we'll see. Danny Amendola to the Lions. Malik Jackson signed with the Eagles. Three years, $30 million, $10 million a year for somebody who already has been overpaid. You know, he went to the Broncos, won a Super Bowl with them, uh, became a free agent, signed a massive, massive deal um, with the Jaguars. Didn't produce that well. He produced in his first year. He made a Pro Bowl in 2017, but he hasn't really produced as much as the contract has stated uh, or as much as the contract shows that he signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is one of the highest paid contracts to a defensive player at the time. He's going to go to the Eagles now. The Packers were in on him, I guess, but he's going to the Eagles. That's where he's going to be paired with Michael Bennett, Fletcher Cox, uh, Derek Barnett, a lot of good defensive linemen there. The Eagles, I think, they won a Super Bowl with a great defensive line, and now I think they're trying to get back to that. So signing a guy like Malik Jackson made sense. A little bit too much money for me, but, you know, what are you going to do? Then the Raiders, they signed Trent Brown to a four-year, $66 million contract. Uh, you know, he's only 25 years old. He they got him from somewhere, the Patriots, that I can't remember, Oh, from the 49ers, and he, Dante Skarniecki, that offensive line coach for the uh, Patriots sort of turned him into a great offensive lineman. And the Raiders could use him now that they got rid of you know the one guy they had last year. Uh, Colton Miller will probably move around now because of Trent Brown coming there. He's one of the highest paid offensive linemen now in the history of the NFL. Uh, and he continues to set you know cap like that. But the Raiders could use it. Great move for Mike Mayock and the Raiders. All right, we're going to go through these a little bit quicker than uh, you know what I would like, but we just got to get through them to wrap it up, kind of clean it up. Quan Alexander signed a four-year, $54 million contract with the 49ers. Um, he was, he's only, what is he? He's not that old. He's only like 24, 25 years old. He's coming off a torn ACL, though, but a great signing for the 49ers if he can be healthy because he is one of the best linebackers in the game when healthy. Pro Bowler caliber. Pro Bowl caliber. Uh Trey Flowers signed with the Lions, five-year, $80 million contract. Again, the Patriots are just trying, uh, the, the Lions are just trying to become the Patriots of the NFC. Matt Patricia, Trey Flowers to the Lions. Uh, Landon Collins signed a six-year, $84 million contract with the Washington Redskins, making him the highest-paid safety in NFL history. He's a pro bowler. Uh, he's a plug-and-play type of guy. He loves Sean Taylor growing up, so I think that's a big reason why he wanted to play there. Um, sucks for the Packers, but I didn't want to pay that amount of money. Uh, next, we go to Jesse James, signed a deal with the Lions. Again, the Lions are making moves. You know, they put together a pretty nice offensive system there, uh, and tight end was kind of the biggest weakness. Signing a guy who uh, was a little undervalued, I think, in Pittsburgh, like Jesse James, is going to be a great pickup for them. Uh, so Jesse James to the Lions going to be their starting tight end in the next couple of years. Jameson Crowder, like I said earlier, signed with the Jets. Three years, $28 million. Uh, one of the best, one of the most underrated slot receivers in the NFL. Jameson Crowder has quickly carved out a role uh, in the NFL as a slot receiver. He's quick. He's speedy. He can make plays. He is a playmaker down the field. Jameson Crowder to the Jets. Great, great pickup uh, to add around um, Sam Darnold. Frank Gore signed with the Bills, one-year, $2 million contract, 36 years old. 
one of the game's all-time greats, which you wouldn't think about when when you're th- when you're listing top ten running backs. Frank Gore usually doesn't come to mind for most fans, uh, but he has been just a consistent force the last couple of years. Had a decent year last year with the Dolphins, um, and now you pair him with Lashawn McCoy, make it one of the oldest backfields in the NFL. Wouldn't be opposed to them drafting a rookie um, and. Pairing him with these two guys, you can learn a lot, really soak up a lot of information with Frank Gore and LaShawn McCoy. Then Nick Foles signed a four-year, $88 million deal with the Jaguars. I'm not sure what the Jaguars are doing. They got rid of Blake Bortles, which was expected. Signing Nick Foles to this type of deal has been done before, and it hasn't worked out. I'm not sure how great Nick Foles is going to be as a full-time starter. But, hey, you know, you take a shot on him. He's going to be your starting quarterback for the next four years. I would have drafted. I would have picked up somebody maybe um, like a Tannehill or something like that and drafted it, and drafted a quarterback or signed Nick Foles to a, two, to a one- to two-year deal uh, and help him to draft and develop a quarterback uh, from one of these, you know, colleges in this draft. But, again, he's going to be their quarterback for the next couple of years, Nick Foles, to the Jaguars. Kenny Vaccaro re-signed with the Titans, four-year, $26 million deal. Uh, he's only 28, but if you remember Kenny Vaccaro last year, he was one of the latest signings. Uh, I believe he signed in the summer with the Titans. A one-year sort of a prove-it deal, and he proved it immensely. Now he's got that long-term contract that he's been looking for. One of the best young safeties in the game, Kenny Vaccaro. Deshaun Jackson is returning home to the Eagles. Three... Um, 32, uh, I'm not really sure what his contract is going to be. I think they traded for him. I don't think they signed him. But Sean Jackson is one of the best wide receivers in the game from the last couple of years. He hasn't proved it that much because of Tampa Bay. He proved it a little bit this year playing with uh, Fitzpatrick. But other than him, uh, he hasn't found much success in the NFL uh, with Jameis Winston. So he's looking to go back home, kind of get that re, uh, re-energized feeling, I guess you could say, and become a better player overall. And this is a good weapon for the Eagles to get. So Deshaun Jackson's coming home. Uh, we're getting there, guys. Adam Humphreys signed with the Titans, four years, $36 million. He's only 26. He is a slot receiver, a decent weapon for Mariota to have. Uh Somebody you just every time you see him on the field, you know he's gonna catch the ball. He's a consistent force. Doesn't flash much on film, but he makes plays over and over again. I think that's what the you know the Titans need now that uh, you know the really only weapon that they have is Corey Davis. So Terrell Suggs signed with the Cardinals. I believe it's only a one year deal. 16 seasons in the NFL, he's 36. Uh, spent it all with the Ravens. Um which is insane, but he has been you know consistent the last couple of years. Now he's going to go back home to the Cardinals, teach up some of these younger pass rushers. Good deal for them. Mitch Moore signed with the Bills. Uh, he's only 26 years old. He's been the starting center for the Chiefs for the last four, three to four years, um, and now since the Bills lost Eric Woods last year, I don't know if I'm right. Uh, they've been kind of looking for a starting center. Mitch Morse is that kind of guy. Uh, Buster Screen signed with the Bears. Uh, three years, $16.5 million. He's 30 years old. He signed a pretty big deal with the Jets in 2015, and he was around for that contract, and he was serviceable. 
The Bears I expect to lose the Bears expect to lose Bryce Callahan, their slot corner, and um, so signing Buster Screen made sense there. Tyron Matthews signed a four three year forty two million dollar contract with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are looking for somebody to replace Eric Berry. He hasn't been the same since his Achilles tear, and I expect them to release him. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but Sometime at the end of today, I bet you he's released. Uh, big contract for somebody who was a big deal the last couple of years. Didn't have a great year with the Texans. Still still bouncing back from that ACL tear. But he continues to be uh, a highly sought-after safety. Uh, so it's a good deal for the Chiefs. Kind of sure up that back end. Sort of that center fielder type of uh, player. Devin Funches signed a one-year I think it's $13 million, which is insane. The Colts have the most amount of money to spend uh, in the NFL, but $13 million for one year. To put that in perspective, Devontae Adams is one of the game's best wide receivers, top five wide receivers. He's making $10 million next year. $13 million for one year with Devin Funches, who is a decent wide receiver. Not great. That's insane to me. Uh, But what are you going to do? I mean, you're paid. You are worth what somebody's willing to pay you. But it's still insane to me. It's it's crazy. Uh, Kareem Jackson signed a three-year, thirty-three million dollars with the Broncos. He's only thirty years old. He spent the he spent the entirety of his career with the Texans, probably having his best year to date with uh, them last year, uh, which was fantastic for him with free agency. He now looks to sort of sure up that defensive backfield with the Broncos, who haven't been great the last couple of seasons since they lost Tlaib and all these guys. So. Good signing for them. He can play safety and corner. I expect him to play more safety there with the Broncos. And then here's the news we got last night while I was asleep, so I'm still sort of reacting to it as well. Anthony Barr signed to the Jets, one of the best young linebackers in the NFL, but the Vikings couldn't pay him. The Jets are still in on C.J. Mosley too, which pairing Anthony Barr with C.J. Mosley would be insane. I fully expect them to move on now from Darren Lee, their first-round pick a couple years ago out of Ohio State. Uh, he hasn't produced as much as they wanted him to uh, when they drafted him that high. But Anthony Barr is that type of guy who's going to produce like they thought Darren Lee could. So it's a good signing for them. Uh, he's going to sure up that defense. LaMarcus Joyner signed with the Raiders. Mike Mayock continues to impress me every single second. He is the GM of the Raiders. Four years. Um, I'm not sure how much money he has gotten, but he is um, going to start alongside Carl Joseph, that first-round pick a couple years ago. Great signing for them. He's going to stay in California, which I think he wanted uh, to do. And he had a great year last year with the Rams. He's sort of undervalued, I think. So it's a good signing for them. Alright, so that's every free agent news uh, up to date right now. I know there's some other smaller news, but those are the that's the biggest news we could, you know, report on right now. Again, I fully, fully, fully expect there to be, you know, twenty more storylines by 10, 10 a.m. today. So don't hate on me if I am behind on this. It's tough with podcasting, but what are you gonna do? That's the free agent news you got so far. As many of you may expect, 
I when I do this show by myself, I take a couple breaks and check my phone, uh, not just because it's NFL free agency time and I have to check and see if anything happened, uh, because it, it also helps me you know catch my breath, because uh, doing a whole hour podcast by yourself gets a little exhausting, but sometimes it hits you just right and the break is just perfect that you catch some early NFL news, and Ian Rappaport was on his game today, si- announcing today... 13 minutes ago, C.J. Mosley signed a five-year, $85 million contract with the New York Jets. Anthony Barr and C.J. Mosley coming together to perform now one of the most dangerous linebacking duos now in the NFL. Great pickup for the Jets. That defense is now looking formidable for them. And they have a third third overall pick, which could be used on Quentin Williams if he falls to them if the Cardinals take Kyler Murray. But again, C.J. Mosley... $85 $85 million, $17 million a year uh, now for the Jets for the next five years. Hopefully that doesn't come back and fire back on them. The Jets have been known to sort of take you know, big swings and big misses on free agents, but we'll see. Free agency the first day, you know, the Packers haven't signed anybody yet, and that's frustrating, uh, but free agency... People tend to overreact on the first day. I'll admit it, I've done it too. I'm, I'm mad the Packers haven't signed anybody yet. But a, a lot of those first first day deals come back to bite owners in the ass because owners are so quick that they want to jump on these free agents so quickly, they're willing to overpay them way more than what they're worth or what they'll produce. So we'll see what happens with the next couple of years. But a lot of the first day deals usually don't work out that well for the NFL uh, owners. But let's talk about the Antonio Brown situation. I know you guys have been wanting me to talk about this for the last couple of days. We just haven't had the time to get on and do the podcast. But now we're here. Let's talk about it. Let's break it down. Thursday, we went down to work uh, in Columbus. We were working all day. Uh, Right before we were about to go to bed, Truman comes to me and he says, Antonio Brown's been traded to Buffalo. I'm not really sure what the return was. Johnny told me, Johnny Glad, the Steelers fan that we had on, uh, basically our third host in the next couple of day, next couple of months. But he told me that they traded, um, they were just going to flop first round picks, so the Steelers would go to nine, and the Bills would go to twenty, which would have been a better deal than what they actually ended up getting. But then it turns out Antonio Brown didn't want to go to the Bills, so they nixed that deal, um, and they got a deal working with the Raiders for the, for the last couple of days. They've been working on it. And they got it done. A third and a fifth round pick for uh, Antonio Brown. Great deal for the Raiders. Steelers, it was a rough deal for them. But what do you expect them to do? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, they lost this trade, but they were held um, sort of hostage by the Steelers. And we'll talk about the hostage word in a second here because that got a lot of traction yesterday. But Antonio Brown... He goes to the Raiders. Now the Steelers are left with $20 million in dead cap. You know, they have to pay it to him. But no other team was going to take Antonio Brown. This was the only thing they could get. Uh, he diminished his value. He became um, the sort of diva wide receiver like that. He quit on his team. A lot of teams didn't like that. And then he wanted a new contract wherever he was going to go. And I think that's what kind of held up a lot of teams from trading, you know, first round picks for him. But 
That's a tough deal for them. Now he goes to the Raiders, where Mike Mayock continues to kill it. He's now picked up Antonio Brown, Trent Brown, and LaMarcus Joyner, all while still having three first-round picks and two second-round picks. He is going to make a splash. This Raiders team is going to look a lot different this next couple of uh, um, months now. But Antonio Brown was traded, like I said, to the Raiders. A lot of fans had a lot of reactions about it. I was going to read some tweets from some of these fans, you know, because a lot of them were ridiculous fans, you know, both sides. People, you know, hate Antonio Brown, people like him. If you support the players or support the owners is what, basically fans make you pick a side between the owners or the players. If you like Antonio Brown, leaving, getting a better contract, getting paid what he's worth, you're on the side of the players. Uh, if you are pissed at, at Antonio Brown for kind of holding his team, you know, hostage, demanding, you know, not he doesn't want to go to Buffalo, demanding a trade, whatever, you're on the side of the owners. And it doesn't matter what side you're on. Um... But this take yesterday by ESPN's Will Will Kane was quite possibly one of the wildest takes I've heard in a long time. He said Antonio Brown was a suicide bomber. Somebody who was willing to blow himself up so he could blow up the entire Steelers organization. And then he dived deeper down into it. It was on first take, I believe, yesterday. Um, as soon as he said the word suicide bomber, as soon as the word suicide bomber left his mouth, uh, Max Kellerman and... The co-host on there, I can't remember her name, um, they both cringed. And Will Kane saw them cringe, and he doubled down on it. He didn't back down. He compared it to a hostage situation. He said, you don't negotiate with terrorists. He said, a guy like him. He compared, comparing Antonio Brown to a terrorist is a wild take. It's a bold take. Not many guys can do that. But Will Kane doubled down on it, said he's not going to be politically correct. Max Kellerman tried to, tried to backtrack a little bit. But it was a wild take by him. And listen, wherever you, whatever sides you fall on with the Antonio Brown situation, uh, I think most fans can agree he's not a terrorist. Um, he is a football player. Comparing a football player to a terrorist is a wild move. Um, but what are you going to do? That's the sports world we live in today. you got to make your take stand out. And comparing him to a terrorist makes it, makes it stand out um, and makes it notable uh, in the media and on social media. So... I'm not, I'm not saying I, I uh, agree with it. I hate it, but I understand it. Gets the word, gets your name out there a little bit. But no matter what side you fall on with Antonio Brown in that situation, whether you're a Steelers fan, whatever, it is going to set a precedent now in the NFL. Fans are players. Sorry, not fans. Um, well, fans are going to be able to recognize this more and more. Anytime now a star player feels like he can leave or he can get paid more, he's going to hold his team. Uh, you know, sort of hostage like Antonio Brown did. And I hope it doesn't set a precedent like this, but it could sort of become the NBA. You see the NBA sort of becoming this, where players can just demand a trade whenever they're unhappy. And I don't like it, um, but it is the world we live in today with sports. So I gotta, I can't, I can't, you know, agree or disagree with it. We can just agree to disagree. Um, but I do understand players wanting to get paid you know, what they believe they are worth. So now moving on to basketball, that's it for football. I could have talked a whole show about football. Like I said, free agency starting on Wednesday. The, the league New Year starts on Wednesday. That's when things can sort of come out. But we got to move on. We got a couple baseball, a couple basketball stories to quickly get through. Uh, but first of that, 
I had to remind you guys about my guy Dom at D's Home Cuts. D's Home Cuts has been one of the best places to get a haircut around Northeast Ohio for the last couple of months. Uh, for only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a professional haircut at a low and fair price. Uh, me, Truman, Johnny, 90% of the guests we've had on the show have gotten their haircut at D's, and we have not been disappointed. We've been looking better. Uh, Dom has been on the show multiple times. We trust him. He is our guy. Um, we trust him with the hair. Again, a guy's hair, his haircut is one of the most important things in his life. Uh, so don't just you know choose any guy off the street to take care of your cut. Don't take care of your cut or your hair. Um, don't trust great clips. They screw you up. Trust Dom. He's doing amazing things right now with this business. So go ahead and check him out at D's Home Cuts on Instagram. He will provide you with a bunch of videos to where you can see the kind of cuts he's done. If you don't know what kind of cut you like or what kind of cut you think would look good on you, uh, trust Dom. He'll hook you up. He'll make it look great, and you will not be disappointed. The, uh, so go ahead and check him out. Send him a DM at D's Home Cuts on Instagram uh, to get some uh, details and set up an appointment. These home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. Basketball. Two stories to quickly get through. We'll start with James Dolan. That was the uh, most notable one from over the weekend. He kicked the fan out of the stadium. I think he banned him from for life, kicked him out of Madison Square Garden because he told James Dolan to sell the team. Uh, it's a wild video. You should check it out. Search it up on Twitter. It's a wild video. James Dolan basically just snapped his fingers. Got his information. I guess he's banned for life now from the Madison Square Garden. If you're an owner, I feel like you have to be able to deal with this type of criticism. James Dolan is a shitty owner. Being a Knicks fan, a former Knicks fan, I know how bad he is. Uh, and this isn't a surprising move to me. You know, when I saw it trending on Twitter, it wasn't surprising to me at all. Uh, to kick a fan out and ban him for life, though, just because he told you to sell his team. I mean, if you're going to ban every single fan who has told you to sell the team, you're not going to have that many people in Madison Square Garden. You'll have, like, what, 10 guys attending games now? Because everybody else is banned if you ban everybody who tells you to sell the team. And the only 10 people that will show up are celebrities who don't know anything about sports. If you want passionate fans as an owner, I get it. You're struggling right now. You're not very popular. But you want fans who are passionate. You don't want fans uh, who are just going to sit there and, you know, constantly agree with these type of moves that you make because the moves that you make are pretty bad um i think we all know that but it's just a wild move for james dolan to go ahead and kick everybody out um who gives him hate then russell westbrook last night russell russell westbrook had an altercation with a fan in i believe it was utah although i'm not sure i can look that up real quick as i'm talking uh he had an altercation with him uh, from what I heard, from I'm not sure what the whole story is. Again, it's early on. It happened last night. It's 6 a.m. this morning. Yeah, I was in Utah. Um, I don't know anything that, that might come out of this. So take whatever I say with a grain of salt because I'm not sure what happened. So we'll start with Russell's perspective. He was on the bench ap after the game was winding up. Uh, he was icing his knees. He had a bunch of stuff on his knees uh, getting iced up after the game. Uh, well, it was during the game, but you know how it is. It's like the fourth quarter he was icing up. And he got up, he stood up, and he started cussing at a fan, started cussing him out. You know, F this, F your wife, all this stuff. Um, and nobody really knew what was going on. Uh, and then the fan, after the game, they interviewed the fan, and he said that, you know, he was messing around with Russell Westbrook the whole game. Uh, you know, 
it was like a playful experience for most of the game. Russell Westbrook was laughing, uh, but he said something. He said I forget what he said. It wasn't that bad. Um, what the fan, you know, claims he said wasn't that bad. Uh, and then Russell Westbrook just went off and all of this stuff. Russell Westbrook has done this this season a couple times. He's interacted with fans like this. He's somebody who's not afraid to let, uh, you know. Some words fly if he needs to, if he feels like it's uh, important. He's not afraid to let it fly like that. And I like it. I like when players interact with fans, not violently. But, you know, if this fan did say something like Russell Westbrook claims, um, then obviously that fan should be kicked out. And that's the type of fan who should be banned from the arena. But you never know what he said. Uh, I think this is just going to go back and forth and it died down the next couple of days. But. We'll have to see again. I'm talking about this at 6 a.m. Then the morning after. So if anything did happen, um, don't blame me for that. Because again, I wouldn't have reached it in time. But then we'll talk about some baseball really quickly here, and we'll wrap it up. Um, we'll start with probably the biggest news over the weekend, which was Adam Z- Adam Jones signed a contract with the Cardinals. Let me pull up my research here. Yeah, uh, one year, $3 million, five-time All-Star, 33 years old. He's been the face of the Orioles the last couple of years. Um, he's fallen off a little bit, but he hit 281 last year, uh, so it's a good pickup for the uh, um Diamondbacks really wish the Indians would have went out there and took a shot on Adam Jones, but we're rolling with the young guys right now into spring training, which you know has its benefits. But you know when you know our combined outfield batting average next year is 220, uh, I think we're gonna wish we signed a guy like Adam Jones uh, to kind of bring some leadership into there. But I think this Indians outfield is gonna be a lot better. But Adam Jones to the to the Diamondbacks. Last storyline to talk about, Felix Hernandez, King Felix from the Mariners, was told the other day he is not going to be starting opening day. That will break his streak of, I believe, 13 straight opening day starts. Um, He was tied for the longest record in the MLB. And now that the Mariners aren't starting opening day, that's going to break the streak. He is apparently really pissed off. Uh, I mean, why don't you just let the guy start opening day? He hasn't had a great spring training. He has a 15.9 ERA in spring training right now. He's fallen off. He's getting older. But he's one of the best pitchers of the 2000s decade and for the last couple of years. And just let him have the streak. Who cares if he goes out there and he pitches three innings and gets rocked? You know, the Mariners aren't expecting to go anywhere this season. Um, James Paxton is probably the better option. But just give Felix Hernandez... Uh, a shot. Let him start. Let him break the record. Uh, treat one of your all-time greats in your franchise with some respect and let him start opening day. Apparently they're not going to. He's really angry. He's upset because, again, he's not going to get that record. And, you know, it's a tough tough thing for, you know, former uh, all-star athletes like Felix Hernandez to not even, you know, sort of decline. And when you get hit in the face like this, with you know not starting opening day or even not starting with some NBA players, uh, kind of you know wakes them up pretty quickly as to where their career is at, and you know just let the man start opening day. Who cares? The Mariners aren't expecting to go anywhere uh, and let him get the record. It'd be a great thing for fans to see, uh, bring fans to the ballpark. Just let him do it. 
but apparently they're not going to, which sucks. But also what sucks is that's the end of our show today. I want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts. We ask that you go into iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review, subscribe. Find us also on Spotify, subscribe to us there. Find us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. That's where you can send us DMs, questions, comments, concerns. If you want to be a guest, if you have questions you want answered on the show, uh, segment ideas, whatever, send us up on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube, TNT Sports Talk. Find us tomorrow on 12OunceSports.com from 7 to 8 a.m. as well as, as well as GrandOldSports.com. Bunch of places for you to listen. Tune in on Thursday's show. We're going to have a lot more news to break down. There's a lot of free agents still out there. Uh, I'm sure if I were to you know, stop the show right now and refresh my Twitter real quick, which I'll do actually while we're talking, just to see if there's any news going on. Uh, apparently nothing out there right now, but uh, that's it for me. That's it for right now. I'm probably guessing that in the, by the time you listen to this, there's going to be three more moves to be uh, released that I would talk about, but that's the podcast in life. That's the game that we all play when you listen and when you record podcasts, but make sure you tune in on Thursday. We'll catch you all up like we did today uh, from the NFL News. Happy New Year, guys. It's NFL New Year. Uh, enjoy your day and tune in on Thursday. Thanks, guys.